0: Hello and welcome to Grow Up Summer School, an APG Canada podcast, where we give strategic thinkers and creative tinkerers opportunities to grow. I'm your host, Michelle Lee, and this week on the show, we are continuing with our series on career advice. Every day this week, we'll be dropping one new episode each day to give you even more opportunities to grow on everything from how to break into advertising, to how to build a strategy portfolio, and today, how to thrive no matter what. Today, we're talking to Zach Lieberman, National Director of Marketing and Communications at March of Dimes Canada. Zach has worn many hats so far in his strategy career. He has been a suit, a planner, a marketing manager, a CMO. He's worked at a PR agency, done freelance, and now he's at a nonprofit. Through all of these roles, Zach has thrived. So today he's here to share his top five tips on how to thrive as a strategist in any environment, whether agency side, client side, startup, or elsewhere. Just before we dive in, we'd like to give a special shout out to the team at HotSpecs for sponsoring this week's episodes. As one of Canada's leading research agencies and supporters of strategic planning, they have shown a keen interest in continuing to help us foster and strengthen Canada's strategic talent. And for that, we thank you. Now let's get into the show. Zach, welcome. We're so excited to have you here. Terrific, if you could please introduce yourself to our listeners, including your background, why this topic is so important to you, and then share your top five tips.
1: Thank you, Michelle. And I'm very humbled by that, and honored to be here. Um, yeah, you know, just to, I'll touch on kind of some of the points that you mentioned uh, in my journey and, and how I got to where I am today. So, uh, a quick story is, as a kid, I was fascinated by advertising, creative communications, being able to shape and change people's behavior. And uh, I was fortunate that you know I studied marketing in my undergrad, and was fortunate that I actually got an internship at an agency called Zig um, as an undergrad, and. That's when I actually got exposed to brand strategy and got to work with the agency on their Molson Canadian pitch, and they successfully won the business, and and uh, I got to play a small part of that and work with some brilliant people within, within the agency world. Um, and so that's again, I got exposed to brand strategy and, and really fell in love with the with the practice. And um, you know, from there, I uh, there weren't really junior strategy roles available, so I went client um, sorry, went account side. Uh, at Proximity, and that's where I was a suit. Spent some great time there. And then was fortunate to, to get a role at McCann uh, under a former leader from, from Zig, actually, Adam Collins. Spent some time at McCann in the strategy group. Uh, I actually left the agency world about 3 years into that because I, I wanted to actually understand more about the client side of the business. And I and wasn't sure that where I wanted to be you know, many years down the line. So, I went to grad school. Uh, I did an MBA in marketing and actually social sector management, nonprofit management, because I I wanted to potentially in the future position myself to to be able to jump into that sector. And actually, I'm I'm there today, so I'll touch on that. Um, During that time, (laughs) I started a sports technology company um, and led the marketing for that. Um, And while I was doing that, uh, definitely was not paying any bills. And so, I started doing some freelance strategy work. Um, and landed some work at Citizen and uh, and actually ended up transitioning there full-time. So that was my stint in kind of the PR world. Um, and, sorry, and then after that, um, I went to a tech startup uh, and was a marketing director at an AI software company for early stage drug discovery. So, you know, very, kind of very different. Um, mm-hmm. And then most recently, uh, I've joined March of Dimes as their uh, national director of marketing and communication.
0: Wow, that's um, that's quite a breadth of experiences. And I think that that's really interesting and worthwhile because I think specifically as strategists, you know, we often talk about curiosity and trying to explore things from different angles and, you know, ac- acquire different pieces of knowledge. Um, you know, how, how have you how is this exposure to all these different roles and organizations uh, given you uh, maybe a, a, a stronger appreciation or even helped kind of what you do? Or maybe you're going to get into that with your tips. Maybe I'm taking away your thunder.
1: (laughs) No, I think that's a great question before we get into the the specific tips. um, I think it's given me a really great understanding of how different organizations uh, operate of different sizes within different sectors and industries um, uh, and a a broader perspective on the role of strategy uh, within the kind of marketing mix. Mm-hmm. Um and really get exposed to I think also like the different, I'd say, skill sets within various organizations, um, and how to try and navigate that and ultimately get to the hopefully like the best outcomes. You know, like the within an ad agency, the the way an ad agency is structured and the way talent is organized is different than a PR agency. Um, although models are evolving. Um, you know, the role that you have client side as a as a brand manager uh is very different from from agency side and being able to see that and, you know, have the agency perspective there to actually help the on client side kind of navigate and support the work of an agency um, been, I think, really helpful.
0: Yeah, I like that also because specifically what you said in terms of the role of strategy and how it can be different in different organizations and across different sectors, because strategy is such a Hard word to define. Um, you know, we, we have our kind of meanings within uh, advertising, but even obviously outside of even in marketing more broadly, um, you can be talking about two completely different. Um, can you talk a bit more about that?
1: Yeah, I think uh, strategy. kind of operates on many different levels. Um, I think you can have a you know. There's an, you hear people talk about maybe an organizational strategy, a business strategy, a com strategy, digital strategy, uh, and and i think that can cause i think that can have kind of caused some confusion as to what each is what each of those items are um so when i think about it i mean at the highest level strategy is uh, i'm going to forget where i kind of stole or borrowed this quote from it's like an informed opinion on how to achieve an objective mm. and you know that should be based in you know broadly an understanding of your operating environment um internal environment your the resources that you have available you know and and constraints that you may have be it you know time or financial or otherwise Mm -hmm. and you know taking kind of doing an assessment of all of those items um should then help you to figure out what is the best path forward to be able to achieve what you're trying to achieve
2: yeah okay
1: so that's kind of how i think about strategy i guess more broadly Um, you know, I think then there are differences as to how does that operate in an agency environment? How does that operate client side? Um, do you want me to kind of elaborate on that a little bit?
0: Well, let's get into the tips actually, because I'm curious based on all these environments that you've been exposed to, um, what, what are some of the themes or the things that you've picked up along the way that it sounds like maybe could stretch across all of these?
1: Yeah, sounds good. Uh, you know, I'd say the first so the first thing I have is is really to focus on identifying the problem that you're trying to solve.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, in I think in any you know in any role in any environment, um, there's often a rush to say, hey, like what are we gonna what are we going to do? What's the action item, or what are the series of action items you know to mm-hmm. to accomplish our goal? And I think the reality is is that if unless you know where you're going, um, mm-hmm. sorry, unless you know what you're trying to solve for. Yeah. where you go is, is irrelevant. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I, there's a, there's a kind of a great quote from an Alice in Wonderland kind of comic that I've seen about the Alice asking where to go and, and, um, or, you know, which road should she take? And the rabbit saying to her like, well, where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, unless you, sorry, unless you know that it's kind of, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. so I like to just think about, um, and I guess I just encourage anyone in a situation to figure out the, what I spend the vast majority of time defining the problem. Um, and once you have that problem defined, it's a lot easier. And I think there's a lot more clarity to try and develop solutions.
0: Yeah, I think that that's really great advice. Um, I have worked with uh, an agency before and they talk a lot about slowing down to speed up. So slowing down to actually define Uh, And ensure there's an alignment, which I think is really critical between stakeholders as to what the actual problem is and what you're trying to solve for, which is exactly what you're what you're talking about. It reminds me of um, there's this, you know, I don't know if you like with the with the space race uh, years ago between um, the U.S. and the USSR. And, you know, they the, the brief was to the apparently this is the urban legend, the USSR astronauts in the U.S. that they needed to create some sort of pen that would help them or enable them to write uh, in in a zero gravity environment. So while they were in space Um, and I can't remember who solved it, you know, maybe if you listen to the American side, the Americans solved it, but they actually took a step back and said, well, is the question actually that we need a pen or is it just some sort of like writing device? And then someone just realized, well, let's just bring up a pencil. (laughs) Um, but I actually thought that that was a That's really great. interesting, you know, story about you can, you could be banging your head against a wall for a long, long time spending millions of dollars of trying to think about a pen where the the ink will still drip down as you're up in, up in outer space. Um, but you know, if the ultimate thing is just to be able to be able to write something down, maybe all you need is a pencil. Um, so I thought that was actually quite interesting. Um, I,
1: I love that. I love that <laughs> build. That's a fantastic <laughs> yeah. one. And I think, yeah. Um, There's often, I think you face resistance sometimes doing, trying to do that and asking those, those questions.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Mm -hmm. uh, And, and I think that is, you know, that's, that's for me, that's one of this, this area is so important for a strategist in, in any environment.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that the tendency or the kind of itch, especially when you're in like an agency environment might be to rush to let's, let's just say the proposition in the brief. Like what's the what's the statement going to be? But, you know, really hanging back as as you say and thinking about, you know, what is our actual challenge or our question um, is definitely an important tip. Um and I guess, you know, that that's that's been true for you wherever you've been then, it sounds like, whether you've been at a PR agency or a startup, whether you've been client side or agency side.
1: As a as a general theme, yes. I would mm-hmm. say it's it's true. And so I think it's its core Item for someone to be able to practice. Uh, I think the way that you approach it is going to be would probably be a bit different in the environment, right? So, um, in a you know in an ad agency environment, um, it comes down to kind of defining like what's the what's the communications challenge, uh, Mm -hmm. and or what's the desired behavior change that you're trying Mm -hmm. to create, Mm -hmm. Um, and you know there's a and that should be driven to be honest by the client's business strategy and to what they're trying to ultimately achieve as a penetration um is it expanding the market uh getting to the next point but what is you know does your audience know and think and and so that that's kind of one i'd say core an aspect there um the other thing you have to consider are the resources available in the realm that of which you operate in mm-hmm. um you know so if you're on a you know in a the PR traditional PR agency, let's say um, you have sometimes you have different kind of channels uh, channels or levers that you're able to pull to try and influence you know behavior and your objective and so sometimes that defines or that helps shape you know what the problem is that you're specifically trying to solve and how mm. that fits within the broader marketing mix and what other partners may be doing.
0: Yeah yeah perfect. okay so identify the problem. what's your tip number two?
1: Uh, the second tip is to really define and understand your audience. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, this probably comes across as very obvious. I think in most creative briefs, there there should be kind of a standard, you know, there's a section about who were you talking to and, you know, what do you know about them? What are their motivations? Um, which is, you know, incredibly important. We need to think about um, how do you connect ultimately with a single, with an individual and move them to, to, to action or, or a perception shift? Um yeah. and the only way that you can do that is if you truly understand what motivates them. Yeah, um, and I think w- even on a more broader scale is that if you're operating like a strategist in a in a, in a client environment, say you know maybe you're, you're what you're you're trying to sell an idea through an organization, um, you need to think about who are your stakeholders and how mm-hmm. can you best position that idea to them so that they're going to you know be on board with your plan. Yeah uh, and you know, there isn't necessarily a brief that's written for that. Um, but it is a really important consideration.
0: Yeah. This reminds me actually of the interview that we had that I had with Lori Davison, uh, where she talked about the fact that when you're on the client side, obviously, and again, this seems obvious, but it makes so much sense when you think about it. Um, you're not necessarily with your peers in the sense that you're not selling to or working with other people who, you know, live and breathe marketing. You're you're selling into finance or into um tech technology or whoever it may be. Um, so that's like a massive consideration, you know, and, and really fits with what you're you're saying in terms of defining and understanding.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right. And having that, um, you know, that level of internal alignment, um, you know, is as I as many people have sat agency side understand, like you can present a great idea to a client, um, but it can often end up, you know, not making it through because internally it doesn't have the required support. And so, although that may not be thinking like, you know, if a traditional kind of strat- like strategy, um, whoever is responsible for navigating that does really need to think strategically about
0: that. Hmm. Um, so, there's as know. much strategy in the cell for the follow through as maybe, you know, architecting the plan to begin with.
1: Uh, I, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. And I think, like, on a, from an agency side, you know, often, you know, how you structure, how you structure a, a meeting um you know or a presentation to be able to to walk a client through an idea I think is people should give a lot of thought to it. Um yeah. even having conversations before the meeting with a yeah. client potentially to give key people a heads up as to what's going on um or what to expect. You know, in, in Lori's yeah. great podcast, you know, she mentioned like sharing a deck a- ahead of time with people.
2: Um mm-hmm.
1: was really like a honestly, bold idea and probably makes a lot of people nervous. Yeah. Um, but if you can do that with some key stakeholders and get their alignment, and also understand the the barriers that you might face, and then mm-hmm. come prepared with answers, yeah, in advance, you're in a much better position.
0: Yeah, it's like the classic priming, right? I think it's hard for people to respond to things cold. I mean, obviously, that was part of what the conversation was, because as an agency, you've been living and breathing it for you know weeks, sometimes. Um, yes. Okay. What's what's your tip number three?
1: Uh, my third tip is to I'd say park your ego or check your ego at the door,
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: and and the reason being is I think as a I think to be a successful strategist you you need to admit that there's a lot of things that you do not know, Mm -hmm. Um, and your goal is to if you're brought on to solve a problem your your goal is to kind of collect as much information as possible um, to be able to help you do that. And, mm-hmm. and in order to do that successfully, you can't, you know, when you might, you know, it might be interviews, right? Depth interviews with client stakeholders or meeting with customers or looking at, you know, data. Um, you can't assume to know anything mm-hmm. uh, because if you do, those biases get in your way. Yeah. Um, and and so, you know, putting aside yourself yourself and your, uh, you know, is, is I think just I find really valuable and um, also with, you know, a number of others in the industry I've spoke to. Yeah. I'm not sure if that resonates with you. I'd be curious also based on your vast experience.
0: If I check my ego? Or- <laughs> yes. No, 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 no. If, if, if
1: that, if-
0: <laughs> what are you implying here? <laughs> <laughs> actually, we have an upcoming episode on imposter syndrome. So I actually think this is quite, I might, I might, uh, you know, play this one first and then imposter syndrome the next week.
1: Um- I think it's something, yeah, that's, that is, that's kind of interesting goes kind of hand in hand too. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. One obviously feeds the other. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this notion of your assumptions and your biases, and I also think what's interesting about that is I don't think you're often aware of your assumptions and biases. Uh, you really need to kind of force yourself to think about what those might be and maybe even chat with someone else about them. Um, and, and I also, I just think, you know, it's, it's obviously so easy to want to rush to a solution or or think, you know, the answer. Um, it's really hard to, to stay fresh and, and like neutral and open to being completely wrong.
1: <laughs> yes. And it's, I think, humble, humbling as well. And I think that that's important. Um, uh, you know, if you're, um, if you're speaking with, let's say, a, a, a client, um, the initial stage just to kind of, you know, understand aspects of their business or a certain product, um, they are going to know that really, really well. And, mm-hmm. and, and much better than you. Yeah. Um, and so you need to de- you need to defer to them and and uh, you know and, and recognize that your role there is to is to just kind of soak everything up. Yeah. Um, and not to kind of pass any not to pass any judgment and, and definitely not think you're you know, better than anyone else. Um, yeah. And on the imposter syndrome thing, I say yeah, I feel that a lot. I think uh, um, there's an aspect of there's always this kind of aspect I think of uncertainty in everything that you're doing as a strategist. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you're, you're asked to like synthesize vast amounts of information and present, present kind of maybe your thoughts or recommendations. And, um, it can be, I don't know, it can be kind of isolating a bit. Um,
2: yeah.
1: and it's nice to be able to have others to be able to, ba- to be able to bounce ideas off of whether those are counterparts in the strategy group or client side or, or creative side as well. Um, I find actually, you know, some of the best creatives, this is. Jay and Carlos may have mentioned this on there as well, but on their podcast, but, you know, are, are strategic and some of the best strategists are also very creative um, and being able to recognize that within each other and um, take that away is really important.
0: I love what an avid listener of Grow Up You Are. Thank you. <laughs> Let's just keep weaving in these other episodes and get people to listen.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, awesome. Okay. I'm going to check my ego while I say this. <laughs> what's your What's your tip number four?
1: Um, Tip number four is, as I've written, kind of nurture and encourage big ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, why I think that is important is, it, so in an advertising context, an agency context, I mean, that's often one of the most important things you're there to do. Um, mm-hmm. And what is going to lead, you know, transformational growth for, for a client's business. And hopefully, you know, win a ton of awards as well for for the agency for their work. Um but it is often an area where it also faces a lot of resistance, mm-hmm. um, and because anything that's new and big is, is sorry, as is big is probably something new and potentially scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you need to you need to create a safe space for that, be able to be able to express it, be able to try and nurture those ideas, um, and you know, on client side and within a client org, is to help you know support those so they are actually brought to life. You know, mm-hmm. we we put so much, um, I think we put so much of ourselves into our work. Um and uh, you know, to have an environment where people feel comfortable, you know, really just putting themselves out there um and allowing that to kind of, you know, to sorry, to kind of people to build on that and generate is um one of the, I think one of the most important and magical things about the industry.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: So nurture and encourage big ideas. Okay, what, what's your tip number five?
1: Uh, tip number five is to know how you're how you'll measure success. Uh, you know, I think ultimately this kind of circles back to you know the the first start of a brief, which is what are your objectives? You know, and what are you trying to achieve? Um, but without this sense of you know without this sense of direction, um, I think it's really hard to develop a solution, uh, and it's really hard to know at the end of the day whether you you've done what you intended to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and I think you can, I mean, you know, whether that is, you know, looking at sales metrics, brand tracking metrics, maybe certain behaviors online on a you know, website um, or, or even more, more broadly from, you know, client side, it might be a change initiative that you're trying to drive. And how do you know if that has happened um, mm-hmm. unless you outline clearly what you would like to do?
0: So, so I'm really curious because I like the the breadth of this and how you've obviously, you know, <laughs> you've synthesized a lot of your experiences um, and pulled out some key themes and things that these um, experiences can all bubble up to. I I'm I'm curious if we maybe tried this kind of a little bit of a rapid fire round. We'll just edit it out if it doesn't work. <laughs> um, but of of your experiences, so I've listed down in just broad brushstrokes. So agency side. Client side, freelance, startup, strategist, suit, and PR. I mean, strategist, I guess, is kind of our our baseline. Could you think about one particular thing that you've learned in each of these? I don't know how many that is, like six experiences. Like, what did you learn going client side? Was it a greater pr- appreciation for the business side of things? What did you learn go, uh, going freelance? Was it how to develop your own brand or like whatever it is? I'm I'm actually just really curious because you again you just have such an interesting background.
1: Um, yeah. Let's. I might need you to plug me because of the variety on which one. But uh, uh, happen to start I mean, client. What did start, you? What did start you start learn? Client client. Side.
0: We're just um, free here. <laughs> let's see where the no. <laughs> I mean, I think. Yeah.
1: When I so, I'd always. I guess I'd always heard an, from speaking with clients when I was agency side that, you know, how, how small of a portion in reality, the, the communications and and aspect is of their role.
2: Mm. Um,
1: and I think when you're agency side, it's kind of hard to conceptualize that because and understand that because it is, it is everything that Mm. you, that, that we do. Um, and so when I, and so when I went client side for the first time and I, I was at general mills, um, i I was truly got to see this and and yeah. experience like how much of your time is is occupied with you know important operations aspect for the business with finance uh, with mm. sales with sales and support um you know figuring out yeah. how to bring new products to market uh, supply chain and, and mm. you you know on agency side you don't you don't have an eye for that and and you may not want to have an eye for that yeah um, but I think for me, the other thing I'd say is it also just gave me a sense of what are the, some things I really like to do and what are the things that I don't like to do.
0: Okay, interesting. So, in a, kind of a it sounds like a holistic appreciation or understanding for all the functions around marketing, not just advertising in itself, because even marketing is much broader than advertising. Um, yes. What did you learn? What did you learn while you were freelance?
1: Freelance, um, I learned, and I I'd probably still struggle with this: is is how to try and protect your time. Mm. Um, you know, when you're being, you can be pulled in very, very deep, uh, and there are endless things that you can do. Um, mm-hmm. the question is, you know, w- um, what should you be doing and, and what is going to add the most value to the client you're working with in that capacity, yeah. um, uh, is part one and the other. Yeah. That's what I would say. Time
0: am management boundaries. Okay. What about working at a startup? Speaking of boundaries. <laughs>
1: yeah, speaking of boundaries, there are no boundaries there. Yeah. Um, I think I learned um, what I think was actually interesting was how, honestly, how little people think about branding and the importance of branding um, and building a brand in a startup environment. And um, and, or how much can, and I'll, I'll provide a bit more context on that, but and also um, how, in some ways, marketing is everything. In the startup environment, Um, you know, people in terms of the branding aspect, like sometimes people will think like, hey, I don't need to think that much about a name or the what we you know, what our visual identity looks like, and they're not really concerned with consistency. And so I've had I had those battles with the co founder and some partners. And my perspective is that is incredibly valuable, but often they're just focused on I just need to get users or I need to get customers. And that's the most important thing that's prioritized. And it makes I understand it makes sense. Um, I think there's an interesting kind of balance there because that is you know having a strong brand and being consistent, um, knowing how you're going to speak to audiences is what is going to ensure the kind of consistency and, and scalability and recognition and you know in absence of that and not having clarity um, actually really harms your you know your acquisition and growth efforts
0: uh suit what did you learn being a suit
1: I learned. Oh, man, a ton. Um, this I'd say one thing was just the importance of the importance of really strong project management and and expectation management.
0: Well, do you, do we want to try nonprofit or did you you also said you had a bonus tip, didn't you? Uh,
1: I did have a bonus tip, but let's do nonprofit. I'll circle back to to okay. PR and then we'll do the bonus tip. So thank you. Um, yeah, I think at a nonprofit, and and I'll say I'm four months in. So it's still, still kind of new. Um, I, one of the, one of just the interesting things I've learned and or observed really is I think the the passion and dedication that people have to to the mission of the organization. Mm -hmm. Um, and how actually just how important that is. And interesting that is in terms of like rallying people to, to, to get things done. Yeah. Um, and and also, I'd say the desire and the willingness of of people to to roll up their sleeves and and really collaborate across groups and departments. Um, because when you're so when you feel so kind of deeply connected, um, you know, there's a lot of there's just a desire to say like, hey, I'm going to do whatever I can to help, mm-hmm. uh, and it creates a really nice generally a really nice environment for collaboration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd say the other the other opportunity. The other, sorry, the other observation I'd have is like the importance of um, of the importance of storytelling, yeah. um, particularly and trying to connect people to a specific individual, um, telling their story as opposed to just talking about numbers um, mm-hmm. more broadly.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, in a PR agency, one of the things that that I learned when I was was about you know I think probably the importance of the importance of influencers um mm. although i don't necessarily love the word influencers um
2: yeah but
1: how important they have become in uh, a part of a communications mix um and, and reaching audiences and also like the the, the challenges and of, of working with them and and the freedom that you need to provide for it to be successful um yeah. and and also the not to be underestimated is is the importance of nur- really nurturing you know, relationships with journalists and, and to be able to help get a story told or a story killed. And uh, I I don't think outside of that world, it's, it's truly appreciated how, how time consuming that is. um, Mm. And also how important and valuable it is to, uh, to a business.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like a a really nice mix of, you know, kind of both hard and soft skills that you have managed to pick up along the way is, is really unique and valuable. Oh, thank you.
1: Um, yeah, the last, I know we talked about this. I think I mentioned there's maybe a bonus thing. And so mm-hmm. the last, the last thing I'd share is the importance of like, it's embracing a embracing being a, being an individual who has like a different or unique perspective. And, yeah. uh, it's, pr- I think it's pretty common amongst strategists. Sometimes you feel like you're the outsider. Yeah. Um, you're asking, you might be asking questions that nobody else is asking and, or they don't want to ask. Um, yeah but are questions that probably that should be asked um, mm. and they can face resistance. Um, yeah. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a challenging spot to be in because, you know, you probably, you believe and you like know that that's the right thing to be doing. Um, but you might be on your own initially on doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just encourage people to kind of, you know, that discomfort is not, you know, not necessarily comfortable, but it's, it's normal and it's, um, I think a good part of the overall process.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, then it sounds like you could use um, a lot of the skills that you've picked up along the way to to ensure that, you know, you land them properly. Because I guess there's lots of different ways to ask the same thing that can generate quite a different response, depending on how you ask the question.
2: Uh,
1: yes. Being thoughtful about the question, knowing your audience, um, mm-hmm. you know, and being collaborative. With people, I think helping them understand, you know, where you're coming from, the, you know, maybe a bit of context as to why you're asking a question and wow. how it might help make, you know, a, you ultimately make a better decision as a group and come to a better solution, uh, yeah. I think is really valuable.
0: Yeah. Okay. Amazing. So I had identify, identify the problem. Is that the first one? Yeah. Identify the problem. Tip number two, define and understand your audience. Tip number three, park or check your ego. Tip number four, nurture and encourage big ideas. Tip number five, uh, figure out how you're going to measure success. And bonus tip, uh, embrace your unique perspective. That actually feels like the perfect tip to end on because, again, I really do think you have a unique perspective um, having all these different experiences under your belt.
1: Well, thank you, Michelle. I mean, it's just really nice to be able to chat with you and spend the time doing this.
0: Great. Well, um, thanks again for for supporting the the show and and coming on. And uh, we look forward to catching up with you again soon.
1: Take care. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for joining this week's episode of Grow Up. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share this episode and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts.